Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is a creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. I am extra excited today. I am with an old-time friend uh, from uh, 20 years or more. Uh, I first met Larry D'Angie back, uh, I think it was like 1991, uh, when he was uh, working uh, with Les Brown, and they hosted their first Speaking for a Living seminar and here we are today. He has two phenomenal books. Uh, one is called The Resilient Power of Purpose. The other is called Overcoming Rejection. How are you, my good friend, Larry D'Angie? I am doing great, and I'm grateful that uh, you and I have reconnected. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. And listen, I went through these books, and this is some powerful stuff. I'm actually going to talk to you about both of them. Uh, but I want to talk about the first one, uh, Resilient Power of Purpose. Uh, when you, in the book, you say that uh, uh, when, you, when you dream or when your dream becomes your purpose, uh, you are absolutely unstoppable. What does that mean? How, how can people relate to that? Well, first of all, I believe, and we all know, I should say, that dreams are so important. It's so important to have a big dream. Mm-hmm. We have a big, bigger dream than we feel like uh, we have the belief for now, so it causes us to stretch. Mm. Oftentimes, people look at dream, and they'll get involved and say, you know what, I have this dream for uh, living my purpose, uh, starting my own business, uh, writing a book, uh, financial mm-hmm. freedom. Um, I have a dream to be in a great relationship, all those dreams. and uh, But if they remain a dream, then often they turn into a fantasy. And mm. a, a principle that says, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So at first, hope is great, it's awesome, you know, and a dream is great. But in studying this subject, and of course it's been a quarter of a century now that I've been, I've been doing this, I started out on the subject of purpose 25 years ago. And I started looking at it and realize that a dream is an outside deal. That's something that happens emotionally. We visualize it in our, in our natural mind. Uh, we start putting some uh, tangible effort, which all, all the things I just mentioned, all the above are great. But somewhere along the line, it, 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 it needs to become a purpose. We have to have a purpose that's driving us in realizing that dream, uh, or most of us run out of steam or lose sight or give up. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that that we need to uh, maintain the integrity of that dream, stay on the course. How do we do that? Uh, because life happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, staying on course, and really it goes back to a core belief, and that is that everyone has a special gift and something to share with the world, 
some of us are going to make money by sharing that gift because it's just such that that it's it's something that we it brings an income. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people have a gift where it's more on a volunteer level, where they they're working a job somewhere, but that job is very purposeful because it's making money to finance their life so they can flow in their gift. Mm-hmm. If there are purpose, uh, though it can be so different from one person to the next, I believe there's two constants in everybody's purpose, and that is in some way we're going to be serving people, and in some way we're going to be a blessing to people and help them mm-hmm. uh, in their lives in some way. So, sure. uh, so as we share our gift, then... But first of all, we want to identify what is it that we could do seven days a week, wouldn't have to get paid to do it. What is It might be in business. It might be something sharing, helping somebody in some aspect where we're in business providing a product or service. Or, again, it could be we're out here helping little boys or girls in some way and we're, we're working a job to find it. Whatever it is, when there's that purpose underneath all of it, mm-hmm. then that is really what makes – and then the dream really – is realized because we have found the gift. And the so you talk about being propelled by your dream. Uh, when you say being, you must be propelled by it. What do you mean? What do you mean by that, actually? Well, a, a dream is is so uh, a, just a dream is so very vitally important in that uh, if we and a dream is just that a dream is something that right now we cannot put our physical hands on it. We possibly cannot see it with our physical eyes. Our five senses cannot pick it up right now, but it's something that we believe is possible. Now, somebody say, well, wait a minute. I, I have a dream that something's possible for me, but I, I just cannot believe. Uh, I, I can't believe in the possibility of it or how I can get to that dream. And the simplest way to really be propelled by your dream that I've found, especially when there's times of doubt, and unbelief to come that we don't even believe in ourselves is to find a mentor, find someone who realized the exact dream that we see that we want to live and be. Mm. And then we, well, number one, we, we realize it's possible because they achieved it. And then number two, if we could find one of these people that's achieved it and get in their mentorship and get in their presence, get in their space, then they took to make that dream a reality. So being propelled, number one, is seeing it, and then it becomes a purpose. There's a driving reason behind it, and then we find someone that's already realized it, and that's where mm-hmm. the powerful mentorship principle comes in. Fantastic. You also say discovering your own true identity. Um, how is that and why is that important uh, in relation to our dreams? Well, I, the the dream, it's in, and it's it's wonderful that you brought that up, because really there's the, there's two parts. A dream on the outside remains a fantasy. The dream on the inside becomes the purpose. I'll explain. Mm, I like then, that. Yeah. I mean, you, just the picture of that. We think of an outside dream and then an inner dream once it starts to blossom in our heart. Um, the real you, I talk about in my teaching, in fact, diagrams, in, in the book you looked at there, The Resilient Power of Purpose, and uh, we have uh, CD programs, all different kinds, and even at a workshop that I just did a couple days ago. I got a flip chart out, and I drew this diagram, and it doesn't look as pretty as in the book you, you were reading, but, it, <laughs> but it's a circle with a dot in it. And I, I, I would, I would uh, 
to really bring this home as quick as we can, I'd encourage everybody right now to put their hand over their heart as they're on uh, on uh, the program here and listening uh, on the line or on the program, however you're listening. If you could please put your hand over your heart, just say these words: "I live in here." I'll do that with you. I live mm. here. Now, when each of us say that, we bear witness to the fact that we're all on the inside looking out of these eyeballs at each other and the world. There's a real you, there's a real me, and this is nothing new. This is nothing, you know, that I came up with, obviously, but it's the, the way I teach it is just a little bit different, I think, in that there's a real you and the real me. Then there's the outer self, which is the physical body, the mind, the will, and emotions, and those are all tools we've been given to use while we're here on Earth. But the real you, the real me, is the essence, the spirit of us. That's where purpose lives. See, a dream fantasy lives outside when we're trying to strictly achieve it physically and mentally. A dream fantasy becomes a dream purpose when it comes from the core of our being, and we believe we deserve it, we believe we're worthy of it. But even more than that, we understand that that we're not achieving it simply because we're a meat package with a mind that can think Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. of those Tools like we screw in a screw with a screwdriver, hammer nail with a hammer, boil water with a pot. Physical body, mind, will, emotions are tools. And if we can do what's necessary, I call it thought replacement and thought exchange, but if we can do what's necessary to live on the inside, that I live in here, see where we bear witness we really are on the inside, and we can do what's necessary to live from who we really are, then we use the physical body, mind, will, and emotions as tools. Now, if a person does not do what's necessary to stay on the inside and live from who they are, then instead of using the tools, the tools begin to use us. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Now, you talk about expectations as well, and you say that it's important to expand. At, is, it, is it not enough just to have a dream? How do you how do you expand the expectation of the dream uh, when possibly the dream uh, is already stretching you? Well, it, it's real interesting, uh, Philippe, and that is that, and I know you've been a, a student uh, and you've had a, a, tr- a tremendous hunger for truth-based principles and success principles and laws. Absolutely. And, that, and I've looked at your work, and I'm just so impressed. You're such a powerful uh, brother out here spreading the message, and I appreciate you so much. Thank you for uh, that. Thank you for that. That's well received. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And see what, what the, and I, what I love about what you're doing is is everything I've looked at. You you pull out, and everything you speak, and that you encourage others you, that, that you're working with to speak, are principle based and law based and and uh, uh, truth based. And I'll explain what I mean by that because that really that doesn't necessarily uh, resonate with someone automatically that, that they know what that is. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, but really, when we're um, when we're looking at what was your last question there about expectations and expanding oh. expectations beyond our dream, or is the dream enough to okay. stretch those expectations? Okay, that's that's where I, sometimes I forget where I was going with something, but that's <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> but the uh, this is exactly where we're the truth based principles, the laws uh, of success, the the those uh, principle based laws. When we're looking at that type of thing, see um, that it, ex, our expectations, and we've all been at um, it could have been a, a 
could have listened to some music. We could have been at church. We could have been at a motivational rally. We could have been at a sales seminar. It could have been anything. And mm-hmm. we left, and we said, you know what? I'm going to expect more. And we got motivated and psyched. Now, it's interesting. Motivation is something that happens on the outside. You think about it, it happens in the physical body, mind, and emotions. Inspiration happens from the inside. If we mm-hmm. go get motivated, motivation evaporates, disappears in five minutes or a day at the most. Inspiration from the inside produces motivation on the outside. So mm-hmm. these laws are all connected. We talk when we talk about expanding our expectations, um, and I like to look at it this way: the laws of physics, the spiritual laws, success laws, laws in relationships. All those laws run parallel. There's just a simple bunch of laws that there are. And when it comes to expectations, it's con- and everything's connected to everything else. So when we talk about expanding our expectations, it really tracks back to our picture of ourself. I went into Disney, I remember, and, and I looked in the arcade, and there's a row of mirrors. And the first mirror, I was 10 feet tall, 3 inches wide. second mirror, I was uh, 6 feet wide and 3 inches tall. next mirror, I was shaped like an ass. The next, and finally, they had a mirror at the end that was an accurate mirror. And I go, oh, yeah, that's what I look like. Now, if mm-hmm. I'm not seen an accurate mirror in the past, Philippe, then you know what? I could have bought one of those distorted images. Mm, nice. I like that. Yeah, that, you know, isn't that something? Fortunately, oh, that's very powerful, very powerful. Fortunately, I'd seen one, you know? And if I hadn't, so our image of ourself literally creates our level of worthiness. And then our level of worthiness creates our ability to expand our expectations, and to the to the level we can or the amount we can expand our expectations, that creates the size of the container we can receive in. Mm, I like that a lot. You know, that's so important. I mean, what are we doing on the phone here? Really, is to get a more accurate picture of ourselves. Puppies, rabbits have monies. Eagles have eaglets, and God the Creator has created it. We're born, that's just part and parcel. And the more we get a clear picture of who we really, it's not we're trying to become better than we are, we're already there, but the more clear and the more accurate and the more potent we can get the picture of exactly who we are on the inside, then our level of worthiness and sense of worthiness rises automatically, which gives us the ability to expand our expectations in a permanent way and that creates a larger and larger and larger uh, container to receive our dream, blessing, relationships, love, finances, everything in. I love that. I love that. You spoke about about this earlier, but I want to. I think it's really important to kind of revisit it uh, a little deeper. And that is uh, in the book you talk about get in the presence of great people uh, and uh, avoid low flying people. I really like that term, avoid low flying people. I really do. Uh, I might use another word, but it might not be a, a family word. You know? uh, so <laughs> we use avoid low-flying people. I like that a lot. That was very great. Right. It was about the importance of both of that, being in the presence of great people and avoiding low-flying people, because some people might not understand, uh, you know, everybody is not uh, fortunate enough to get a Larry D'Angie on their phone, but there are great people where they are, and how can they access that? Uh, and how can they avoid the low-flying folk? Okay, the the uh, 
the low-flying people, absolutely. Well, we talked about getting in the presence of great people, and maybe we can get back to that again if we have time or maybe not. Sure. That, that's simply the mentor principle again. You know, if, if you and, and this is really, it's real easy. If, if we want to get to a higher level, find someone on a higher level that's where we want to get to, learn the thoughts they think, the actions they take on a daily basis, and if you can get in their presence to, to be to actually get in their space on a regular basis and be mentored, that's even greater. And if you learn to think the thoughts they think and take the action they take on a daily basis, it's just a matter of time before we get to that next higher level because that's what got them there, the thoughts mm-hmm. they and the actions they take. Now, the opposite of getting in the presence of great people is uh, these low-flying people. Now, mm-hmm. um, uh, I love just I love pictures, uh, pictures and examples that can that can blossom in our mind. And you know, we talk about getting to the next higher level. And if everybody on the on the call or on the program today, if you, and I'll do it with you, if you could just visualize the next higher level you want to go to. It might be a next higher level personally, physically, getting fit. It might be a next higher level. It might be all of them, these that I'm mentioning as well. It might be a next higher level in finances, to again, to either an entrepreneurial preneur or an advancement in your job or whatever it might be, or getting a, a brand new position or creating something, something in relationship to, you know, uh, uh, a pursuit or a vision or some, some cause that you want to start and get out there and make a difference. Okay, so whatever your next higher level is, if you visualize that, um, in order to get to that next higher level, uh, we, we look at people throughout history, and I've, I've studied people uh, that, have, that have made a difference. Been, yes, been successful and made money, but even more so made a difference in people's lives and that their success was as a result of being such a blessing to others that they were abundantly blessed. And when we look at those kind of people, there's something very, very interesting and that and it, it goes with another spiritual law, which is guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. These people that have done this, they know, number one, get in the presence of somebody great and be mentored. That's the simplest, easiest way to be blessed. But number two, we also have to avoid these low-flying people. And mm-hmm. to that next higher level we're visualizing, uh, I like to say it this way, that we, ha- we have to go beyond the point of no return to get to each New, each new higher level we go to has this line shows up again. I call it the point of no return. As a ship crosses the ocean, at some point it crosses an invisible line where it's no longer got enough fuel to turn around and go back. It's got to go on to the destination. As a plane taxis down the runway, there's a point where that plane lifts off the ground, the wheels lift and fold up. That plane has gone beyond the point of no return. Mm-hmm. And every higher level. You, I, see, these are laws of success. There, there are no respecter of persons. are the same for all of us. Mm-hmm. There's always this line where where we have to say, you know what, if I really want to get to that next higher level, i got to step over this line, go beyond the point of no return. And really what it is, it's a line of commitment. From one side of the line, mm-hmm. over, we could quit. That's how we know we're on the wrong side. We could quit. Mm-hmm. We step over mm-hmm. the line. We go beyond the point of no return, and we release quitting like exhaling a breath. <sighs> quitting is gone. Now we've gotten into living purpose. Now when we get over on this side of the line, one of the things we've got to leave on the other side of the line is some of the people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we never see them again. Now some of these people could be family members. It could be people we love. But we still have to guard our heart. In other words... I'll put it just we'll get to a bottom line here. I have thirty minute people in my life. And mm, I like that. I like yeah. that. 
Oh, this is great, Larry. Talk to oh, Please, please, it's found. Okay. <laughs> well, there's 30-minute people. I got 10-minute people. Now, now the the way now some of these are relatives. Some of these are family members. I love dearly. I will always love them with all my heart. But you know, the thing is, is that I I don't. It, you know, and, and it's not just what I believe, but it, we, I, when I say this, it'll resonate with all of us. It's never right for anybody to drain us of energy and make us feel worse every time we get with them. Now, once in a while, mm-hmm. we get with somebody, and we just want to get down and grieve with them because they're grieving. I'm not talking about the exceptional case. I mean people that every time, every <laughs> single time we get with them, we walk away in bad shape. See? Right. So, I got 39 people. Now, the 30-minute people in my life are the ones that I have noticed that after a half hour, I'm drained, starting to get drained. So what I do is after 29 minutes, I'm getting, I have an appointment. i got to get somewhere. Now, i got 10-minute people with them at about 9 minutes. I'm looking for the exit. And i got 5-minute <laughs> people. i got 30-second people. In fact, i got a few one-second people where I just keep, I don't even stop walking. I just wave, hey, Joe, how you doing? How's the wife and kids? And I'm gone. And, you know, it's nice. I don't love these people, but what I know is I cannot afford to spend any more time with them, and I need, to, I need to remove myself gracefully and lovingly before they start draining me of my energy. Here's, here's an overall principle uh, from a course, uh, the, the Resilient Power Purpose. Um, I don't know if it's in the book, but I know it's in the 6-CD the series program, the, the full program. And that's this. Most people don't miss their next higher level because they don't want it. Everybody wants it. Most people miss their next higher level because they simply run out of mental and emotional energy before they get there. Mm. One of the biggest reasons people run out of mental and emotional energy is because they spend too much time around the wrong people and they 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 don't have any energy left over. So true. So true, Larry. So that's the flow, low flyers there. I, I like to say this. Some people, their main goal in life is just to fly high enough so they don't die hitting the curb. So, Love it. Love it. <laughs> Let's, this, that's, that's absolutely, we're going to leave it at that for, for your first book. Now let's talk about the second book uh, because now the first book, I'm, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you need to get it just for that piece right there. <laughs> Nothing else resonated with you just to understand how to develop your 10-second, your 30-minute people, and how to avoid low-flying people, that right there is enough to go and get that book. Now, let's talk about, and before we do that, how can people get that book, Larry? Where can they go? I know you have a website. Are there any other uh, social media spots or places or spaces that you have? The best way to get uh, my books is just directly through my website, which is www.larrydiangi.com. That's www.larrydiangi.com. Of course, my first and last name, Larry D. As in David I. India A. Apple N. Nancy G. George I. India. Dot com. Excellent, excellent. So now, Overcoming Rejection. Um, This book, I think, is uh, an essential read for anyone wanting to soar beyond their uh, uh, neighborhood, beyond their their, uh, uh, city, beyond their state, beyond their, uh, in some cases, their own uh, mental doings. 
this is a phenomenal piece of work uh, in in how to truly overcome rejection. So I want to really get you, get deep into this because I think a lot of people have uh, the, the number one reason I think people don't achieve their dreams, their goals, and aspirations in life is because they just have some level type of rejection, and there's many types. So talk to me about rising above or rising higher uh, than the level where rejection can't touch you. You talk about that in the book. I thought that was very profound. Yes, um, and and you are so correct in in uh, that rejection is the hurdle that that many of us have looked at at our life and even business at times and say, you know, I just can't jump that hurdle of rejection. Uh, the way we rise above rejection, and I I started writing this book. First of all, I did it. I spoke. Uh, I started speaking 25 years ago on purpose. So a lot of my earlier work was on purpose. And then I got into some basic stuff like achieving your goals. And I got into leadership, got about 10 hours on that. Then after that, I was saying, what is the next subject I'm supposed to work with? And here, mm-hmm. overcoming rejection just kept coming up, coming up. I would do seminars, and I'd ask people at the beginning, what's the one thing that you see you need to get past or the biggest challenge to get to your next higher level? And they say, oh, rejection, rejection, rejection. I said, wow. And then all of a sudden, it just came up in, in me. It was like, that's it overcoming rejection so what i did and i knew by the time i wrote this book overcome rejection make you rich that i knew the procedure because of all mm-hmm. the work i had done for years you find the next subject you're supposed to minister speak on or share on and you just and, and it was simple you just go in and you do a headlong you just dive right in and find as much truth-based success principles and truth-based laws in that one niche area because we know the overall principle is when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. Now, Absolutely. That, that, that works spiritually, which is what most people, their mind goes right there to the spiritual, which I agree that's the most important. But you know what? These laws and truths set us free in any area of life if we can take the law and apply it to our relationships, apply it to building a business, apply it mm. to Mm-hmm. Apply it to mm-hmm. physical wellness. Apply it to peace in our mind. See, we keep our mind stayed on him, then we'll be in perfect peace. See, there, there's a remedy even in these laws and truths that has to do with this whole area of just having peace in our life. So every single area of our life. So I said, okay, <clears throat> overcoming rejection. So I dove in, and all I was looking for uh, for was just truths that had to do with setting us free in this area of overcoming rejection. And I spent three years before I wrote one word in the book, put one word on the 6CD program, and what I found out partway in shocked me, and that was that rejection was not really the problem. And that mm. actually most of us don't re- – very seldom do we actually ever get legitimately rejected. It's usually us perceiving that we're being rejected. And I'll give you an example here. Um, uh, you know, for some reason, when somebody reacts negative to us, the average person assumes that it's their fault. They did the, their presentation must not have been very good. Is my hair right? Is my breath smell? I mean, we get we get into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that 99.9 plus percent of the time, it's not a real rejection at all. So number one, we come to the truth that really what we're not we're not looking to overcome really reject. I thought I, mean, I, I thought that's what we were doing. 
I thought I was going in to write a book on overcome rejection. And what I found out is that the real deal, the real thing, is that we are we need to overcome the fear of rejection. Wow. If we can overcome the fear of rejection, rejection is not going to be a problem because really rejection was not the problem to begin with. It was and here's the truth. Somebody starts a new business, somebody starts a new venture and they're needing to contact people to speak with them, make appointments, proposals, one example. The truth of the matter is, is people say, Oh, if it wasn't for rejection I would have been more successful. The truth knew. They just make a few phone calls, get a few no's, and they quit. So the average mm-hmm. person usually doesn't really even get that much rejection because they didn't contact enough people. The, and, and the fear of rejection is what stopped them from going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you also talk about uh, eliminating the fear of people. Um, speak to us about that because I guess some people are afraid of other people. Yes, and that that again is we're actually for some reason we're and, and I I fall into the same you know I, we we teach what we need to learn most that's mm-hmm. what I mean. mm-hmm. but I fall into the same thing you know uh, Philippe I get with I'll get in this place where I think that I'm the center of the universe and everybody's thinking about me <laughs> <laughs> and what I discovered true Larry it's true. <laughs> <laughs> what I have discovered, maybe you have too, is that most people aren't thinking about me. <laughs> if I'm in a room and I think somebody gave me a dirty look, it may, they may have indigestion. They may not like <laughs> wallpaper. You know what I'm saying? Ah, ah, but if they're looking ah, in my direction, I assume, ah, oh, my goodness, they don't like me. You know. What I found out is that, in fact, most uh, we're talking about overcoming this fear of people. Number one in overcoming the fear of people is realize is just realizing that we should not take anything personal unless someone makes it personal. And mm. um, you know, the, the, the one classic example <clears throat> is in sales, let's say, or sharing even a vision that we want people to get involved in a nonprofit with us or whatever we're promoting. Whatever, and somebody say, you know, they're not in sales. Well, everybody's in sales. You know, the the parent that's that's teaching, trying to encourage their child to do better in school is selling them on something. Everybody's selling something. Um, but uh, in sales, one of the things that people, they they think a no is a rejection when 99.9 plus percent is not, the no has nothing to do with the rejection. Most mm. people are not rejecting us. They're rejecting their own rejected dreams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In fact, I like that. no to us, not, for instance, let's give an example where the rubber hits the road here. I'm sharing a business opportunity or I'm sharing something. I'm, I'm, I'm even talking with someone that uh, I'm saying, you know, we could have a successful seminar, which I do all the time, and people book me to come into cities and we sell tickets. And uh, I did about five of them in the last two weeks here where every single one, somebody in a key city would have me in. We'd do a, a, a workshop, breakthrough strategies, or we'd do resilient power purpose or overcoming rejection or how to be purpose-driven, something like that. And and I w- I'll talk to somebody about doing a workshop and promoting it, or somebody could be selling anything or talking to anybody about it. Now, here's the truth about what's happening. When we promote something to someone or we propose something to someone, and they appear to be, for instance, if they're free-flowing and fine, we're talking about the kids and we're talking about life, and all of a sudden we bring up our idea, a business opportunity, or whatever it is we're wanting them to join us in, and they get a painful look on their face. If they were fine before we mention it, 
and they get a painful look on their face as soon as we mention business, as soon as we mention our idea, as soon as we mention whatever it is, 100% of the time that's not a real rejection. If they're fine and they only got the painful look when we mention that, then what happened usually is they remember the last time they tried it, something, they tried to be successful, they failed, it hurt, and they're back in the pain of that past failure, whatever. Wow. And then they get the painful look, and then it looks like they're rejecting us. You know what? That is incredible. Isn't that something? That is incredible, Larry. Oh, my God. That is incredible. That is absolutely right. Mhm. I love that. That so it's not that 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 they're rejecting you. It's that they are now locked into the memory and the storyline of the last time they failed uh, at at the business, and you just kind of brought up a bad memory for them and a bad place for them. But it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And wow. Every you could even say some, everything could be pot. See. What, what we understand in rising above rejection is that we understand that even positive words we speak can be triggers for other people. If I say mm. the word success, I say the word opportunity, I say the word I believe you'd be great, I say the word, you know what, this workshop, I have a leader that had me in last month for business, and she told me that this month her recruiting and her sales volume is higher than she ever believed it was, and she believes it's because of the mind shift that her people and, and her leaders had at the workshop I did. And I could be talking to someone saying, you know what, And if, if, you, if you bring me in, I'll do the best I can to see the same kind of results work for your people. What ends up happening, if they get a painful look, and they react negatively, very possibly what they could be thinking is, you know what, Larry, yeah, that sounds good for that other person, but I remember trying to promote one of these workshops, and I ended up holding the bag. I ended up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ended up, see, so I could say, We're, we'll do a great job, uh, or I believe you'd be great at doing this, or success, or opportunity, get to the next time. Those are all positive words I just spoke, but even those positive words can be triggers that cause people to go back to that last experience, get back in the pain of the failure of it, and then we're ending up with a person looking like they're rejecting us, but in truth, it had nothing to do with us, did it? Wow, I love it. Yeah. That is incredible. That is that. Now, you have what's called a layering approach uh, that you talk about in the book. Uh, can we talk about that a bit? Uh, oh, the layering approach, yes. Well, that's another. That's that's a that's um, again. This is truth-based principles here we're talking about. I haven't really brought in uh, the truth-based laws or principles too much as we've been talking. Because if I get on one, I go for a half hour on one. I discipline <laughs> myself. But here I am going to slip one in here. The layering approach is connected to, and again, if you're building a vision, a mission, or even a business, this uh, talking to people. And the fear of rejection but stops most people from being successful. The layering approach is based on a principle. Now, if you or I want to be successful, again, in building a vision, mission, or even a business where we have to promote it or sell, then we have to practice a law of success. Simply stated is this. You must talk to many to find the few. You must talk to the many to find the few. The few are the ones I believe we're meant to be with. And then if we will talk to the many to find the few we're meant to be with, the few will then go out and find the many. That's what mm, I like that. I like that. Oh, it's powerful. See, that's a law. Now, everybody, you can find anybody who's successful. And I, I've sat in coliseums where I'm getting ready to go out there, 
and uh, and talk, and, and there's 10,000 people in the Coliseum, and I'll sit in the back room with maybe eight or ten leaders in that back room that are responsible for ten or 15,000 people being at a business conference, and those just those few people, six or eight or ten people, are responsible for that conference. Nobody would be there if those eight people weren't sitting back there. What that is is a demonstration, and this happens every day all over the world, mm-hmm. Visionary or a leader grabs a hold of a law like this and talk to many to find the few. It's simply a law. Like I pick up a pencil, drop it on a table, gravity is real. It'll it'll drop. If I pick it up again, if I keep dropping that pencil after a hundred times, there's nobody that would doubt the hundred and first time it's going to drop to the table because it's a law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To find the few, we will find our few. They're out there waiting for us. And then we find the few, we mentor them to talk to many to find the few. And then we find them, and then we help them mentor their few to find the few. And then the few go out and find the many. Now, that's involved in also the layering approach is that we understand that people get things in layers. A lot of people, we talk to many to find the few. We work a law like that, and we work the law of daily compounding momentum, which is mixed in with that, which we won't get into that too much. But the daily consistency and layering daily is very important. But layering, the thing that brought it home to me is years ago I used to paint houses, and we used to use this oil-based paint. And I tried one day to try to, instead of three coats, I thought I was going to be slick because I was working, getting paid per job. I figured I'd just put one heavy coat on instead of three thin coats and let them dry in between. I had the biggest gooey mess in the world. <laughs> and I had to scrape that stuff off and get thinner up there to, to, to smell. And I had to have bacon in the sun. You know, one experience of trying to lay on one heavy coat instead of two or three or four light ones taught me the lesson. The same thing with people. I like that. We go in for the kill. Like, okay, I'm going to sell them or I'm going to talk them into doing no, mm-hmm. no, no. A lot mm-hmm. of people, Some people are ready right now. I mean, they're locked and loaded. They're ready to hear what we have to say. You know, and they're they're the some of the few that are just we're meant to be with them and preparedness and opportunity meets. There's other people we're gonna have to lay one and just be patient. There's one person I called twenty times with one of my books. They do a book of the month and they order twenty thousand copies. I called them uh twenty times and the twentieth time all they've done is reviewed my book. For the next twenty one times I believe it was, every time I called they said uh, we, we're, the timing's not just right for your book to be a book of the month. And the 42nd time I called, I kept track because every time I, I end a call, I say, when can I call you again? And people usually say, well, I don't know. And I say a week, they say no. I say two weeks, they say no. I say a month, they some say, yeah, okay, a month. Some say, you know, no, I'll be out of town or out of country. I say six weeks, they say uh, no. I, I found if I stretch it out to three or four or five or six months, everybody says yes. <laughs> One of the reasons is because they don't believe I'm going to remember to call them back. And right, exactly. But I am writing all this stuff down. So this guy, I'm calling him every two weeks, every month, 42 phone calls, and I called him one day, and I said, uh, I said his name, and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't get anything out of my mouth. He just said, Larry, I know why you're calling. He said, you're going to bug me until we use your book. Or he's just joking around with me. We built some rapport. And I said, well, I don't mean to bug. He said, yes, you do. And he said, in fact, we had a meeting last night. We figured it's the, it's the perfect month to use your book, The Resilient Power of Purpose. It was. We're going to send you a purchase over order for 20,000 copies this afternoon, fax it over to you, and we'll, we'll get the money to you, and we need the books in six weeks. 
42 wow. layers. Now, if I had tried to push that guy around layer 20, now somebody say, you know what, after 20 times you ought to figure out somebody didn't want to talk to you. But when you know you're working laws, talk to many to find the few, and the few you find go out and find the many. When you know you're working a law, which is you just sometimes you got to lay those light layers, and you know and understand those things, it gives you patience, it gives you encouragement, and you know if you work the law and you're faithful working the law with daily consistency, it's going to work just as well for me as it does for Philippe, as it does for uh, Zig Ziglar, as it does for any other great uh, leader that's come down the road before us. Incredible. Talk to us about, uh, because I think this ties into exactly what you're talking about in the book, and you say to uh, to uh, uh, learn to identify uh, the different kinds of people, uh, and there's like five different types of, of, of people. Uh, can you maybe expound upon one or two? Sure. In fact, I, I'll just give you a real quick whip around that that one because we need we'll need to get all five in, but I won't spend time sure on each sure. Five. We'll just do a quick. I'll do a little build up and then we'll just mention the five and it'll all make sense. But again, this is truth based. When we know the truth, the truth sets us free. We just mentioned a little bit about when you see the painful look. Next time you're presenting, you see that they if a person was fine. And then they got the painful look just when you mention opportunity that you know that's never a real rejection, right? Another mm-hmm. thing about personal people rejecting us personally is if they cut us off within one or two minutes, 100% of the time that's not a real rejection because they don't have enough information yet, see? And uh, so every next time somebody cuts you off in 60 seconds, that's never real. We say, you know what, I contact more people, but I don't like people. I don't like the feeling of people that I'm, they're, they're, they're treating me like I'm bugging them. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. that you know, it's not a matter of if you're going to talk to many to find a few. Some of those many are going to bug us. We got to make that okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll kill a mosquito, not feel a second of remorse. Butterfly comes. Oh, look at the beautiful butterfly. Both are bugs. We would not. None of us would swat and kill a butterfly. See, a butterfly is simply someone who goes out and works with some laws and the way things are that their number one goal is to help everybody they talk to feel better today, and number two, it's going to be business. Now, those three things I just mentioned, the painful look, come and cut you off in a minute, being a butterfly instead of a mosquito, those all have to do with us working with personal rejection. Now, the five mm-hmm. kinds of people is a different kind of rejection. This is the people that have said yes. They've become a part of your organization. They're part of the cause. They're people you're working with. They're people you uh, go to church with, I don't know, maybe in business with, in your organization, or you're working with them. And uh, and see, there's a rejection from people that don't know us that we can, we can perceive as a rejection, mm-hmm. which is very rarely real. But then there's the rejection that comes from people we know that we're actually working with. Now, this overcoming this fear of rejection is even harder with these five kinds of people because they're people that are supposed to know us. They're not just somebody off mm-hmm, the street that we, mm-hmm. we presented something and they said, no, I don't think I want to do that. You know, they got a painful. Well, you know, we can pass something off. Somebody does. So basically what it is is this. Visualize yourself. You're, you have a vision. You have a business, whatever it might be, and you have 100 people you're working with. And one we'll have two leaders, one leader standing in front of 100 people and the other leader standing in front of their 100 people. The leader on the left is looking at their 100 people. Four of them are doing great, 16 doing okay, 80% are doing little or nothing. And this leader mm-hmm. looks at this percent and says, you know what, forget it, throw in the towel, this will never work. Four out of 100 doing great. This other leader on the right is looking at their people. There's four doing great. 
There's 16 doing okay. There's 80% doing little or nothing. The leader on the right says, I am so excited. I am so encouraged. This is so awesome. For What's the difference between the leader on the left who's discouraged, the leader on the right who is encouraged? The one on the right has done thought replacement and thought exchange on a leadership level to know. See, we all know the 80-20 rule. You're afraid mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Here's how it breaks down in people we're working with. If we're working with 100 people, if four of them are, what we found is that 80% of the productivity and profitability within any organization or business comes as top 20% of the people. And in the top 20% of the people, they went, they said, since 80% is coming from the top 20%, that always works out from the smallest business to the multi billion dollar businesses. Then well, let's look at that 20% that are producing 80%. And what they found was amazing. They studied the top 20%, and 80% of the productivity and profitability in the top 20% came as the top, from the top 20% of the top 20%. In other words, if you're working with 100 people, the top 20% is 20 people. And the top mm. 20% of the top 20% is four people. So if this leader is working with 100 people, four are doing great, 16 are doing okay, 80 are doing little or nothing at all, just that truth that we took 60 seconds to go over sets the leader free. Now, they have, they have not, they maybe didn't make a million dollars yet. Maybe they don't even have any money in the bank yet, but they know the percentages line up with the most successful multi-billion dollar businesses in the world. 80% always does, or 20, top 20% always does 80%, or the top 20% always does 80% of the top 20%. So we just mentioned that. Wow. So this leader says, all I have to do is go find another 100 people. I'll get eight four more doing great, 16, then I get another 100 people, now I got 16 doing great, and I got three times 16 doing okay. All right, here's the five kinds of people. In all of the people that are in the 20% that say yes and join you, they will fall into one of five categories. Unteachable people, roller coaster people, incubators, walkers, and runners. Mm. Runners are the 4%. The walkers are the 16%. Very important. They're the slow and steady people, but they're consistent. Uh-huh. Definitely, we love the we love working with walkers because they're the they're the you can count on them day or night. They're consistent. Then there's the four percent runners. You get you give them a pencil and a rubber band, put them in the middle of a cornfield, and they'll they'll make a multi-million dollar business out of it. See, that's the runners. But say four percent runners, sixteen percent walkers, and the bottom eighty percent of all the people that join us and work with we work with them are going to be unteachable people, refuse to be taught, roller coaster people, up and down emotional people, and incubators, like an egg sitting there, you're wondering when it's going to hatch. Mm-hmm. You can be the greatest leader in the world, but with these five kinds of people, we can look at them, and the automatic inclination is look at the bottom 80% and get discouraged, when if we know the truth we just mentioned in the last few seconds, we look at them and go, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to rise my eyes higher than those 80% roller coaster incubator and walk and, and unteachables and I'm gonna look at the gift that God has given me. That's that mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what you mean by keep your purpose uh level higher than your challenge level, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, if you could you could think of a graph and, um on the on the left side of just just think of a flip chart and on the left side we have a line and at the top of that line it's it's running uh, uh vertical and at the top of that line has the word purpose. And then there's another line running running uh, vertical, and at the top of that line is challenge. 
Now, just put a for the challenge level to get to the next higher level. There's always a challenge level. The challenge mm-hmm. level is how many people we have to talk to on the phone. Uh, we have to we have to raise enough money. We have to deal with building something over here for freedom, flow in our purpose, flow in our gift, get out there and travel, whatever we have to. Do. And we also have to love our family and spend time. We have to balance all. So the challenge level is always there. So let's say that line going up and down with challenge, the word challenge above it, the challenge level for you or I to get to our next higher level is a five. So put a little five right in the middle of that line going that running up and down the page. Then the line over here on the left side with purpose above the line, let's put that one day we wake up and uh, let's go way down the bottom of the line at the, at the bottom and put a two there. We wake up one day, our purpose level's at a two, challenge level's at a five. How how much do we feel like getting on the phone or doing what we need to do or taking action that day mm-hmm. to fulfill our dream or to do our purpose, take the action steps? Two, purpose level, five, we don't feel like it at all. Now, next day we wake up for whatever reason, might be because we're all on the phone here, we wake up the next day and the challenge level still what it is, it's five, but th- that day put an eight way up above there close to the word purpose. Our purpose level's at an eight. The challenge is a five. How do we feel about going out there and getting busy and doing what we need to do to see our dream become a reality that day? We're like, you know, we're, let me at them, right? Absolutely. What's the difference from one day to the next? The challenge did not change. The only thing that changed was our purpose level. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Unbelievable. Larry D'Angelo, this is an incredible piece of work. Um, even though I love uh, resilient power, uh, overcoming rejection is unbelievable. It's 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 a must read. Uh, give the uh, people uh, your uh, web address again so people can go and get this book right now. Okay, there's uh, the website again is www.la r r y d i a n g i dot com and I'll mention a couple specials I have there. You can buy one book or if you buy five of them, you have an organization or people you're working with, you can have buy five of them at sixty percent off. There's packages of five books. And also the overcoming rejection will make you rich is in C D form, six hours uh or I'm sorry, eight hours. Uh, I read the entire book to you with feeling power and conviction. It's eight hours. You can listen to it in the car, wherever you're at. And if you use the, the coupon code PURPOSE, you'll get 50% off the CD Pro. In fact, you'll get 50% off any of my CD programs using the, the coupon code PURPOSE, and you'll see where to use it on the third page of ordering after you do your address. So uh, the, at the uh, website, again, is LarryDeAngie.com. That's www.larrydiangi.com. And thank you, Philippe, for allowing me to share that. Absolutely. And, and here's what I'd love for you to promise to uh, not just me but to our to our listeners, and that is I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of all the questions that I have for you. I want you to come back on the show. Oh, I would love to. And, and the flow we've had here uh, I, I just must say, and I, I kind of felt that even when we were talking on the phone earlier and we reconnected uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I know we talked there, and I've been traveling, and I was even even kind of tired. But still, when we got on the phone, I could feel the flow, and today here again. So I, I really appreciate you very much. And uh, whenever you ask me to come on, I'm, I'm going to be here because I love <laughs> Fantastic. And I, and I, 
I appreciate you very much. So you tell me when, and I'll be here. You got it, my friend. Larry D'Angeli, we love you. Uh, thank you for being on the show. We can't wait to uh, have you back on the show. Uh, again, their web address is LarryD'Angeli.com. The book is Overcoming Rejection and Resilient Power. Just make a point to stop what you're doing right now. Hang up and go get it. Make it happen. It will change your life. Thank you again, buddy.